Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fortitude Radio. Today we are joined by Coach Cody and we dive into the training world to talk about unilateral versus bilateral movement or training. So this is the idea whether we are using single leg or arm movements versus compound movements like the bench and the squat, what the benefits are of each of them, when they're important to use, as well as what's the difference between the two. So stick around, listen to find out more about unilateral and bilateral uh, training, as well as how you can use it in your day-to-day training if you're not already. So thanks for listening. Make sure you guys leave a like and don't forget to follow for more in the future. I'm at the point now at 32 almost 33, that (laughs) being able to walk on my hands up a stairs is not as important to me Mm -hmm. as it was when I was 26, 27. Right. When I got involved in this, like, more heavily. When we started out, it was um, the old bigger, faster, stronger. I touched the barbell for the first time when I was 12. And it was deadlifts, squats to parallel, bench press, and power cleans. Mm -hmm. Although they had no idea how to teach anyone (laughs) how to do any of those things. Um, It was all those bilateral training patterns that it was just the the dogma. The the thought process was these are the best things for us to do. And there is merit to that. Mm -hmm. They're valuable training. They're valuable exercises for training. If I had to pick one... Like if I had to pick one implement to be able to use for the rest of my life, it would likely be a kettlebell. Yeah, I figured. Yeah. Because there's just so much versatility. You can do so much with it. A 53-pound kettlebell, you can do almost anything that you need to do. Mm -hmm. You can hinge, you can squat, you can press, you can pull and get, you know, good stimulus from that. So if that would be the answer to that question rather than what's your favorite exercise, I would say the implement that I would choose to use for the rest of my life if given constructs would be a kettlebell. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I figured you're slowly getting that way there with the kettlebell because I know that's a that's a fun one. It's one I've came into relationship with recently just doing what I do and it's it's got a lot of power to it. There's some cool flow stuff yeah. and there's some inter- like it's another it's another path to mastery, right? There's mm-hmm. interesting like there's a difference between doing a kettlebell clean or a kettlebell snatch and doing a kettlebell clean or snatch well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. There's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. So that takes us perfectly into what we're going to be talking today. It's a little bit about training. Um, not a little bit. It's all about training. Um, and today we're going to get into the concept or topics of unilateral versus bilateral movement, why they're important, um, what where they stand within just the training realm, how we should utilize them, when we should utilize them, And just getting into that uh, realm of things. So the first thing we'll talk about is defining what unilateral and bilateral movement is. Some might know, and it can be easy to siphon out uh, just from some precursor words there. But So we'll start with unilateral. What is a unilateral movement? Examples of them. Um, And let's dive into that first. Really easy way to think about it is uni, like unicycle, single arm, single leg. One. So single arm, single leg movements are going to be unilateral movements. Examples being um, a single arm press, high pull, uh, lower body could be a step up. You know, there's an argument to 
to be made for the lunge. There's a period of the lunge that is a unilateral exercise. When both feet then connect to the floor, we get back to being a bilateral exercise or a bilateral movement, right? Um, and then bilateral is two, like bicycle, right? Two things. I'm using both arms to press a barbell. I'm using both legs to squat or deadlift. Um, barbell work specifically, you know, even you can make the argument that using dumbbells allows you to train more unilaterally, right? Because there's an instability of um, implement from arm to arm rather than a barbell. So yes, I could be doing a bilateral movement like a double uh, dumbbell overhead press and I'm still reaping the benefits of, of unilateral training. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the stability aspect comes into play there. Whether yep. we're using a barbell or dumbbell puts a greater emphasis on whether we're using two things for one or one and one yeah. or the ratio there. Well, the other thing with that is the think about as I'm pressing, if I were to use the press as an example, if I'm pressing only with my right arm, I'm now demanding support, stability from the opposite side of my body to accomplish the task. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing that you don't get with bilateral uh, yeah. training only. Or if I were to only go to using dumbbells and I were to do everything bilaterally, right, with two arms, two legs, I don't get the added benefits of increasing stability, strength on the opposite side of my body. Mm -hmm. And that's a, that's a perfect gateway into diving a little bit deeper with some of the benefits that are found. Um, bilateral movement is typically one that is more common or more favored, whether it be um, just the general gym goer um, or even just the athlete. Um, but it doesn't matter. Typically, most people favor bilateral movements, whether that be squatting, deadlifting, whatever it may be. Um, so diving a little bit more into the unilateral world, uh, you already briefly touched on a couple of them. That's the idea that when we start to do a single uh, arm, for example, with that pressing, we start to de demand a little bit more compared to where we, if we have two or if we have a barbell. Um, so what are some more benefits that come along with that unilateral training um, and things to look out for it, um, diving into that a little bit? Yeah, we can talk about benefits and also why most people favor bilateral, why I imagine yeah. most people favor bilateral. We'll start there. Why I imagine most people favor bilateral training is one, is it's easier. Right? There's less complexity. Mm -hmm. There is complexity within a squat, a deadlift, and a press. Yeah, the skill itself. Right, yeah. there's a skill piece. But as far as you know, stabilization and execution of movement, it's easier because... I'm stabilizing either the shoulder, the hip, whatever the, the musculature is, I'm stabilizing it by having two points of, of contact. All right, so with a barbell, I'm using both hands. When I'm squatting, I have both my feet on the ground. So that makes it easier to accomplish the task because now I don't have to worry about, can I stay on one leg? Can I put all of my load on one leg? Can I then take all of my load on one leg and go through full knee flexion or elbow flexion, whatever that is, and flexion being the bending of the joint, right, for the, for the elbow? There's, a, there's that. Um, it's also, you know, way easier, or rather not easier, you can load heavier in bilateral training patterns. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And most people view progress in a gym setting 
as lifting more weight. So if I'm doing a back squat, for example, it's going to be easier to make a 10, 20, 30 pound jump in a back squat than it is to make the same jump in a single leg box step up. Yeah. So that's, those are a couple of the reasons that I imagine there's a, it's lower, lower complexity of movement. Yes, there's a skill piece involved in it and it's easier to execute a squat or a deadlift compared to an RDL or a box step up or a single leg RDL rather and a box step up. Okay. Um, and then we can load heavier, faster, which is a double-edged sword. Yeah, absolutely. We get the like I'm I'm we get the the psychological bump of I'm seeing progress. I know I'm seeing progress because I added 10 pounds this week. We also can we can take a step in the wrong direction for training if we do that, right? Because maybe that we're loading a little too fast. Maybe that becomes the only way that we measure progress. Is can I add more weight? Yeah. And we know that, you know, to do that well takes a long time, minus the beginning newbie gains. Mm -hmm. You got to progressively overload. You got to do that intelligently and intentionally. And the heavier load, the more load you put on the system more frequently, the greater risk that you compromise the integrity of some structure of the system. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the old uh, the bodybuilders, right? Jay Cutler versus Ronnie Coleman. There's two ways to lift a thousand pounds. I can lift a hundred pounds ten times, or I can lift five hundred pounds twice. Mm -hmm. Doing the five hundred pounds twice is a lot to ask of the structure, the knees, the hips, the vertebrae in the back, versus that one hundred pounds spread over ten reps. The human organism, like your body seems to be able to accomplish that task much better and with increased longevity, right? Do it yeah, longer. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Cutler's still lifting. Ronnie Coleman's using a walker. Yeah, he's in the bad shape. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I imagine people migrate to bilateral training, measures of progress, and it's easier to learn how to execute. The benefits, though, of unilateral training include um, structural balance. So what we call strength balance, things that get hidden in a barbell, for example, right? If I'm pressing that barbell overhead, I may have one arm that's significantly stronger than the other. And yeah, I might have a little bit of a lean that you can identify, but for the most part, I can hide that in a barbell pressing overhead. Whereas if I go and grab a, a dumbbell, and I try to press 50 pounds and I can do, you know, eight, 10 reps on my right arm. And then I get to my left and I've seen people who can't do any with the same weight that we wouldn't see that in yeah. a barbell. Right. So the benefit there is one, you're going to balance out your shoulder side to side, which decreases the risk of injury. It also increases your potential, um, you know, maxes or lifts or whatever you're trying to do bilaterally. Unilateral training most of the time can positively influence bilateral training. Absolutely. There's, um, you know, there's the story of uh, what Ryan Fisher. Yeah, I was say I was. That's the example I was about to pull is <laughs> split squats, a ridiculous amount, but yeah. yeah, like he he split squats like three forty five, like return lunge, return lunge three forty five. Yeah, I'm relatively certain he could do a five hundred pound back squat mm. safely, effectively, efficiently 
and uh, not be shifting weight to one side or yeah. overusing one leg versus the other. Right. So from that from that perspective, you know, we can increase our balance in patterns, but also from one arm to the other. Okay, we get to positively influence bilateral training. So where both legs or both arms are on the apparatus or the floor. Um, and then there's a built-in, there's a built-in safety mechanism with unilateral training that I like. Right? If I if I am not strong enough to press that dumbbell from here overhead with one arm, it becomes very apparent very quickly and I can decrease the load. Where when we grab a barbell, I'm not sure what happens, but sometimes I'll see people, they'll they'll make these weird compensations in movement where they might lean back, they might drive with one arm and then try to scoot the other arm. And it increases every time, the further we deviate away from executing the movement well, we increase the potential risk of injury. Right. So there's a built-in safety mechanism with unilateral training. Um, and if we're talking about things out in the wild, finally, point number four, if we're talking about the wild, right, outside of the gym, do you spend more time with one foot, one arm on the ground or an apparatus or both? Think of walking. It's, yeah, what would be one foot. Right. Yeah. So unilateral training more. And then, you know, carries. Great example. Yeah. Getting groceries out of the car or your dominant arm. Right, you're more likely to throw to right to overuse one side. That overuse can be hidden with bilateral training implements like a barbell. Mm -hmm. Where now, if I get dumbbells and be like, okay, I have an opportunity here to train this side to balance me out. Um, so that would I imagine be the valuable point number four is it more closely mirrors the things that people want to do outside of the gym. And helps them enhance that. Yeah, no, I agree. That's actually a big point I didn't fully think about um, because we, I mean, naturally, especially if we're working uh, whatever normal job we is, typically we have a certain pattern of movement that we utilize, whether that is riding or maybe you pick something up and put it down and you do favorite the dominant side and you're constantly working that dominant side. But yet lefty over here or whatever side you're dominant on and your uh, weak side is not getting as much intention. And so that's where that unilateral tra training can definitely be very beneficial yeah. um, to help balance those things out for sure. And I never thought about it that way. But yeah, there's a lot There's a lot that goes into bilateral and unilateral training. Um, and we touched a lot there. Um, just to wrap things up um, just because we did do a lot of favoritism towards unilateral um, bilateral still has a place and yep. it still has a great it's still a great tool um, so to wrap things up when we're training whether it be here at fortitude strength and life whatever it may be um, depending on who's listening um, when they're utilizing unilateral and bilateral training is there a better time is there better one to utilize more than the other one how should they utilize it um, going down that route of things, should it start with unilateral training and then move to bilateral training? Should it be, uh, you know, dual bilateral and then kind of accessorize with a little unilateral? What does a general outline look like with that? That's a good question. You have a couple of different options. One, we like to prioritize here specifically, we like to prioritize unilateral movements as a precursor for their bilateral um, counterpart. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, a walking lunge is a precursor to a goblet squat. 
um, you know, a single arm press becomes the precursor to a barbell overhead press, taking away all the flexibility and mobility things. That, that's for us. I, I like the idea of single arm, single leg movements more frequently than the average person may see them in the gym for all of the reasons that we've talked about so far. Mm -hmm. For the person who feels like they're, they're training, they're doing all the things already, and if you feel like you're at a plateau, you know, I've, I've been progressively overloading and I can't seem to break past 200 pounds, 300 pounds, 400 pounds, whatever it is in the squat. We'll use the squat as the example. Okay. I would encourage you to test your single leg front rack box step up. Mm -hmm. Identify, do you have one leg that's stronger than the other? Likely, if you haven't done a ton of unilateral training, you will find out one of your legs is stronger than the other. Now, that could mean that every time you squat, one leg's doing more work. So we have a greater potential to increase our output on the back end. Um, it also, so that's if you're outside of the, you know, the gym, use unilateral training to screen for opportunity. And then you can use it as, you know, ways to mix up training. Because, you know, the other piece of it is how many days and how many, how many weeks or months in a row do you want to only bench squat deadlift? Right. Okay. So mix up the stimulus. Grab a single arm dumbbell. Try to stabilize. Try to keep the same posture and position where your back is pressed into the bench and you're neutral fighting rotation with a single dumbbell that's heavy doing a bench press as you would with, with a barbell. Training unilaterally is going to positively benefit your bilateral training. So if you feel like you're at a plateau, um, that would be a great way to introduce some unilateral training. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. If you want to increase overall raw strength, test your bilateral work, utilize unilateral to help improve that. It can be a great way to break through plateaus. Mm -hmm. It's a it's a very beneficial thing that I didn't utilize until I got out of athletics in like high school. Yeah, in high school it was bigger, faster, stronger, bilateral, bilateral you know, bench squat, deadlifts, power cleans. That's all it was. Because it's easy. It's yeah. scalable. It's easy to. It's easy for the coaches in those environment with the level of education they have on weight training to get to re to get repeatability of the product. Right, with the product being how the kid executes the movement. Mm -hmm. If I put a barbell on your back with a sissy pad and I tell you to stop at parallel, look up at that bar right there, those are all ways for me to tell you to, to monitor your depth, your range of motion, and then also keep your chest up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. It's like you said, it's an easy, it's an easy format. It's an easy way to get yeah. 30 kids to do it every time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that's, that's what created now my appreciation for unilateral movement as much as it is more challenging for me. And it's something I've noticed, like I do have a strength balance in between my right and left leg, yeah. uh, especially because I've had two knee surgeries. So that wasn't something I noticed until I started going, Oh, unilateral movements. Oh, wait, why is this one feel stronger? Why is this one? Oh, mm. oh and so those things provide a lot of value and they do help my numbers and old bilateral movements are feeling better, feeling stronger, even if they're not necessarily skyrocketing, I feel better. Yeah. movements are moving better um and to me that's valuable because i don't want to do something and then feel like crap because you know that's not fun for sure but all right cody so with that being said do you have any last uh wrapping up comments here uh going around unilateral and bilateral training for the peeps to hear 
if you're if you're coming here you're already doing it frequently enough mm -hmm. if you're not and you notice that you're favoring bilateral training exclusively i encourage you to add some unilateral as accessory work or you know try a cycle try six to eight weeks where you're only training unilaterally box step up single arm presses single arm high pulls and then go back and retest your previous measures your one three five rep max whatever it is see what happens let us know yeah absolutely and if you guys have questions about that kind of stuff and what that looks like even more in depth feel free to reach out to us uh whether that be email website social media sliding them dms yeah sliding the dms uh and we'll definitely uh, be uh, willing to help you out on that end of things. Yep. But all right, awesome. That has been today's episode for those that are listening or watching. Um, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you guys leave a like and don't forget to follow uh, for more future episodes as well as share with anybody who might find some value out of this, whether they be uh, training here or outside um, to find some more information about unilateral and bilateral movement. Other than that, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace.